Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. It's Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day. We're going to get an early spring. Thanks to Puxatani Phil. We all owe him a debt of gratitude. We're mourning the loss of Carl Weathers. And we are watching right now as the United States of America carries out retaliatory strikes in Syria and Iraq against Iranian-backed forces, which this could last for days, we're told. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. I want to remind you, Wednesday night is our big event with author Terry Hayes, his book, The Year of the Locust. And his first book, I Am Pilgrim, was one of the absolute best books I've ever read in my life. Uh, you're going to love the event with with Terry Hayes. So join us. Just go to 1210WPHG.com to get your tickets today, and I'll see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock in Wayne, PA. But joining us now is the author of the forthcoming book, Lies My Liberal Teacher Told Me, Dr. Wilfred Riley. Hello, doctor. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Good to, good to be on the show. Are you happy that we're going to have an early spring? Do you trust the groundhog? Uh, no. I mean, it's just a rodent. I have, I have no idea. You know, I didn't know today was Groundhog Day, actually. So uh, you you were the first person I heard mention that. But you, um, you didn't send out your Groundhog Day cards. No, I didn't. Didn't really do anything special for Groundhog Day. Really, it's <laughs> not a not a not a big holiday in this part of the country. But um, you know, hopefully there will. In Kentucky, we haven't really had much of a winter. Actually, it's been very climate changey. It snowed once. So I, 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 you know, I actually am inclined to believe the the, the marmot or whatever. Yeah, well, in Pennsylvania, it matters to us, obviously, because Pakistani Phil is one of our own. And, uh, you know, you go to Gobbler's Knob, so it's what you do. Let me ask you another question, too, while I have you. Carl Weathers, uh, well, besides Rocky, what is he going to be best remembered for? I mean, that's that's what I, I really remember him for. I mean, he was obviously Apollo Creed. I mean, he was in all all four or six or whatever the Rocky movies you know, he made some cameo appearances, and now, I mean, I think it's the three Creed movies. So, I mean, probably 70% of his cinematic avoir that I've seen is uh, is that series of films. And, I mean, people back home in Chicago were kind of shouting him out and saying dumb stuff, like, I'm going to pick a fight with an Italian guy in his honor. 
but <laughs> he was definitely <laughs> he was definitely a pillar of kind of men's action cinema. So R.I.P. to to Big Carl Weathers. Apparently, also a patriot and a funny guy. Like gave a lot of money to charity, that kind of thing. So super, yeah, super was, sky point to Carl Weathers. And he was also very funny. I mean, he was great in Happy Gilmore and Arrested Development, too. I thought he had some, oh, yeah, some great roles in that. Uh, but yeah, let's he, talk about... Yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, he, he definitely, I mean, as, as one of the non-lead characters. So, I mean, there are a lot of those guys that were great, like slightly better than character actors that were around in the game for many, many years. And he, he definitely was one of them. So, I mean, his presence will, will be missed. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, all right, now let me ask you this. So uh, you wrote a piece in National Review, the intersectionality canard. First of all, when we say intersectionality, which as you write is just a badly done woke version of regression analysis, what the hell are we talking about? Well, there, there are a lot of different things there. So first of all, regression analysis is this, I mean, these days it's all done on computers, but is this statistical technique of looking at the impact of one thing on another thing, like income on happiness with everything else adjusted for. Like there's a way using a program called Stata to hold steady, like are you married, are you black or white, are you male or female, how old are you, so on. So you can just look at the impact of that, that single variable income, and then you can move down to the next variable. And this is all printed out in the neat, what we call outputs ta- output table or results table. So that's really how you do statistical analysis. And there are actually ways to do more than this. I mean, you can do what's called a time series, what's called a logit model, like an actual professor or general or statistician, like someone who's, who's good with these models can do, can do a lot of things. Like we actually generally know what we're talking about. But a lot of what we call woke research doesn't do this. Like they don't, we would say they don't control for anything. So what you'd see in kind of like the Ibram Kendi school of of science, I don't really just want to pick on this guy, but I mean like someone will look at a difference between black and white people when it comes to mortgage rate acceptance. And they will find that both rates are quite high, but they'll find that black men are accepted for mortgages 69% of the time. And white men are accepted for mortgages 85% of the time. And they'll just sort of say that's racist. Like, what could that be but racism? And a lot of people have pointed out for years, well, that could be almost anything else. Like, white guys have better credit. And that, that's not because of racism. It's because black men as a community tend to be more urban. Some of us have a spending problem. Like, there are, there are practical reasons for that. So you have to be able to adjust for that to actually find any effect of racism. Intersectionality is kind of an attempt to do what I just said, but it takes into account only sort of woke variables like race, sex, are you gay? So I kind of said that just comparing blacks and whites doesn't do anything at all. And comparing blacks and whites and then adjusting for like, are you gay, doesn't really do anything. If you actually want to look at whether racism exists in society, you have to compare people and you have to look at like their credit scores, their crime rates. Are they married? You have to actually make sure you're comparing the same people. And it's actually pretty difficult to do that. So I give some advice on how to do that. And I say, you know, for young people who want to be academics or business people, this is, this is what you would do. And what would you do? Give us some advice. Well, well, you would you would compare the identical people. So if you're if you're looking at and this is again to the triple O G Tom Soul, who fortunately uh, thank God is still with us. Yes. But I mean, you would you would basically like if you're looking at police shooting rates and you're comparing whites, African Americans, and Hispanics, 
what you would do first is look at median age, and you'd put that into the model, like median age for each group. Um, you would look at the crime rate. So the black crime rate, partly because of age, is about 2.4 times the white crime rate. And there are big differences between cities and the country. It's three times as much crime in the city, whatever your race is. So you'd have to adjust for all this stuff. Like, are Hispanics more likely to live in cities where there's a higher rate of crime and so on? And you would then you'd, you'd press a button, you'd type in the word reg, and you would, you would see what the results were with everything adjusted for. And when people have actually done this, like Roland Fryer, who is the youngest black man ever hired at Harvard University, actually did this in a very famous paper in 2016. Like, he looked at whether white or black men were more likely to be shot by cops. But he committed kind of a cardinal sin to the people who were funding this project, and he actually adjusted for stuff. So he looked at whether the defendant had a gun, you know, or is there an encounter with the cop? How dangerous is the person? He was like an education and income proxy. You know, the pictures, the people, he did all kinds of crazy stuff. And he found that white guys were actually 27% more likely to be shot than African-American guys. So that was the result after you did the quote-unquote regression, after you included all the adjustments. If you didn't include the adjustments, you would always find that black men were twice as likely to be shot as white men. Because there were proportionately more stops of black men because we're much younger, we're more urban, we're more working class, and so we commit more crime. So I guess the point is you need to take all that into account. And we now, because we have these computers in our pockets and on our desks, we now have the ability to do that. So a lot of what we thought we knew is kind of worthless. Yeah, and, and, and I think that, um, as, you, as you put it, you know, there, there's a, a, a drive by the left out there. They, they want to scream that there's racism, that America's a racist country, America's a sexist country. They want all these things, and they want to push all these things out, and they, they don't, they don't want to actually look at the data of anything because when you start doing that, you get into the narrative of this, and you bring up in your piece, and it's an excellent piece, you bring up Heather McDonald, for example. As she's mm-hmm. pointed out for decades now, you know, the crime rate for black Americans, certainly before before we adjust for age or sex ratios or living in miles, spires, cities instead of green acres, is, as you point out, about 2.5 times that for whites. She also talked about you know, this myth that that African-Americans are getting gunned down by police, as you just echoed from that other study. And and this is the problem, right? Because the minute you start actually putting out st- the correct data, that narrative blows up. And when Charlemagne the God is sitting there with Nikki Haley trying to convince her that America is a racist country— if you don't, if you if you don't actually look at the the statistics and the data, and you just go with that 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 feeling, that narrative, that that sense of it has to be true, um, it becomes difficult to push back on because they'll they being you know the people that are pushing the narrative, whether it's the corporate media, whether it's the government, or whoever whoever's in charge, they they want to ignore the factors that get in the way they want to ignore any of the other factors that get in the way to your point about you know whether the person had a gun or something like that whether the person and they want to argue that there's privilege that exists and certain people have privilege i mean disney had this privilege wheel disneyland you know you might be privileged if you are and they list all these things and they want to push it out there and they want to make it very very simple not so people can understand it. They want to make it simple so that they can advance a narrative that, yes, America is a racist country. America is a, a sexist country. America is a country that that if you are not born a white person, you don't have the ability to succeed in this country. I mean, is that is that a pretty fair way of putting it? Yeah. No, I mean, first of all, one of the things that's funny is that they always ignore class when they do this stuff. So, I mean, like you might be privileged if you just at random took your girl or your son to Disneyland. 
Like right. that's 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 rarely taken into account. You're standing in front of a three star hotel in the Magic Kingdom, spinning yes. an ivory wheel. You're probably doing okay. Like yeah, that's not if what you I can afford to take your family but, to Disney World, you yeah. congratulations. <laughs> you're privileged. Well, well done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not, for that amount of money, that's not the vacation I would pick as opposed to, like, Spain. But, I mean, that you're, you're doing fine if you're, you're a black guy standing there with three kids. You're, you're okay. You'll make it. Um, but beyond that, though, yes, I, I think that the, the general way this is defended is, and Nikki Haley got a little bit of this, if you, what you're going to do or what you're going to hear, you're just going to be confronted with the fact itself. Like, do you deny that black people are like Cory Bush did this the other day, three times as likely to be the victims of in-home intimate partner violence. And if you try adjusting for anything, like if you say, well, black people are also 20 years younger than white people and almost all the people responsible for that are other black people you're just going to get this angry defensive reaction that doesn't answer your question. And the way this often be phrased is like, do you think there's something inferior about us? Do you think there's something about us that makes us have kids young that makes us kill our women? And the answer is no. Like, I don't think there's anything genetically inferior about West Africans. I mean, Nigerians are West Africans. I mean, the Irish, the Italians, the other half of my background, you know, um, the Scotsmen used to have very high crime rates, but that doesn't change the point that there are a lot of other explanations that you can throw out there. Just as there was a problem in the Irish American community, there is a cultural problem in the black community now. Like, age is a reality. Like, if you're 20 years younger than your competitor, you're going to be more involved in crime. Living in cities is a reality. So what they'll try to do is pull you into this sort of trap, like... Okay, you don't think it's racism that causes these crime rates. What do you think? I'm an animal. And the answer is what I just said. It's like, no, I think we know how to do regression. So, like, on average, you, quote, unquote, and, you know, I'm not talking about you, my buddy at the park or whatever. But on average, I think your group is younger. I think you have more of a hostility toward the police. I think you live in bigger cities. And again, when you put like, we know this, it's not my speculation. Like when we put these three or four things into the computer model, the crime gap totally closes, but so does the police shooting gap. So there, there's nothing inherently negative about black people, but there's also, and this is important, there's nothing inherently negative about white people. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. But like the idea that all white people are racist and that's why there's there are issues in every big city and in every minority community that itself is crazily racist. Like, why do I beat my wife? White man made me. That That's not realistic at all. Either. Right. Right. White man. White man. Uh, yes. Uh, Dr. Wolf Riley, today, the American Psychological Association, or at least this week, claimed that hiring the most qualified candidate might be unfair based on one of its most recent studies. The study titled, Can Selecting the Most Qualified Candidate Be Unfair? Examine people's perceptions of merit-based hiring after learning more about the socioeconomic status of potential workers. While previewing the results, it argued that hiring the most qualified candidate could contribute to more inequality. And this is what they said, quote, fairness... Uh, heuristic theory suggests that as long as people consider selection processes such as hiring and promotion to be 
meritocratic and fair, they may continue to accept ever-increasing levels of income inequality. Yet in reality, inequality and merit-based decisions are deeply intertwined. First of all, I love how they have to use big words for really no reason here. Bottom line is this. They're saying, I think, as I interpret it, forget the most qualified person. you got to fill in the DEI gaps here. And it doesn't matter if the person is the most qualified or not. But I don't know. I mean, if I'm getting on a flight, I want to make sure the pilot's the most qualified possible. If I'm about to get open heart surgery, I want that surgeon to be pretty qualified. I don't I don't really care if this is if that guy was hired or that woman was hired because of some socioeconomic disadvantage that we're trying to make up for. Well, I, I think there are two things here, because th- this is kind of interesting. Like, I actually very much am a pro-merit conservative, all this. But, like, I also grew up in a working-class neighborhood. And I think we all know that, to some extent, if you go into an interview, there's that whole book, Dress for Success, that every young executive read in the 90s. Like, if you show up without a tie, you're 80% less likely or whatever to get hired. So I, I have no doubt that there are, and most of us, by the time you're an adult, can get over this barrier. But I have no doubt that there are socioeconomic, not racial, qualifiers that they use. Like, are you fat? I hate to put it that way, but, like, do you look lazy? Like, is your suit rumpled? You didn't get to the dry cleaner that day. Like, I, I've made some decisions like this as a boss, not the first one. But, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that happens. That's separate from is merit hiring possible? And I, I think that there are a lot of ways to get around even what I just said. So like in the majority of positions, merit hiring is possible and it's probably ninety percent of hiring. Like who should you hire as a pilot? I mean, to be a pilot, to pilot a passenger plane, you have to have fifteen hundred hours in at least a simulated cockpit. So who are the best pilots? They're the pilots that have done their fifteen hundred hours with the fewest crashes. Like it's actually really easy to figure out most of the time. Like, who are the merit admits to college? They're the people with the best test scores plus the best grades, give 50 points for varsity athletes and band members. It's not hard at all to set up some kind of a reasonable scale and follow that. So, I mean, I, I think on the one hand, like, did, is it an advantage to be 6'5"? Yeah, probably. But can you hire based on merit? Yes. And, like, whenever possible, obviously you should. You don't need... I don't. I don't really like if all the doctors in the cardiac ward are Pakistanis, but they're all really good. Like I'm, I'm cool with them working on my heart. As long as they're really good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the same thing. White doctors, black doctors, whatever. But I mean, like you don't, you don't want the C minus doctor. You don't want the guy who just barely squeaked through, like you know, Eastern whatever state medical school. You know, I, I saw you tweeted out earlier today that the New York Times is finally acknowledging when it comes to gender transition, as it's called, um, that gender transitioners were never actually really asked the question, why do you want to transition? They were It was never really probed what other factors could be at play here. It's just almost as if they come in, they say, all right, I want to I want to change my my I want to go from being a man to a woman. And they just go, great, you know, sign the form and let's get this done. And that's a real problem because it's something you really you can't reverse here. You know what I mean? They, they yep. chop it off. It's, it's kind of hard to put it back on. Yeah. Yeah, the, this is so. I, I think a couple things there. First of all, I describe this as what I call normie lag. So I've noticed for years now that there's this process. This started out for me on Facebook. Then I moved with my then my partner to uh, Instagram briefly. I'm not really the type to post like swimsuit photos though. But then Twitter. And, you know, you see these debates between kind of like the crazy dissident right and like the intellectual dark web, Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro. 
the feminists, the true left, actual tanky communist guys. And people say the craziest but most brilliant stuff. And then four years later, you'll see it on the Bill Maher show. So that was my first comment on, like, this is just like normie lag in the flesh. This is what, like, everyone's angry feminist friend said four years ago when guys started trying to be women. The second point is that the tolerance of the trans youth movement, adults, in my opinion, really can't do what they want with their bodies. There are people with gender dysphoria. But the tolerance of the trans youth movement was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like these kids who obviously were dealing with severe mental trauma, like they were former teenage sex workers, like sex abuse victims, like people who would have been goth in any other era with like cut scars down their arms. They were showing up and saying, like, I'm absolutely sure I'm a boy. And doctors were giving them these hard body drugs. Like, I mean, if you ever played high school sports, you get kicked out of the school if you take pure testosterone. They're giving right. it to like 15 year old girls. Yeah, yeah you know, this. they're giving it to like 15 year old girls. Girls are growing beards. Like, it was an, an unusual moment in time, let's say. And now a lot of the girls who grew beards, like my friend Prisha, for example, or like Luca Hine, they're just normal, attractive women. They've detransitioned. But they have all these crazy side effects. Like, Luca has this deep voice that is thinking about singing professionally. Like, it's all this stuff that was done to them. People had their breasts removed. Like, full-on double mastectomy, like, knobbed-up scar tissue on their bodies. Like, so someone's kind of got to pay for that. Like, you're going to start seeing major suits pretty soon, um, and you're starting to see the first articles now. But it's catching up to what we've been saying for years. And I like your point on that. It, it, eventually, everything we're, we're saying <laughs> will be said in, in, in popular mainstream culture at some point. But I don't know why it takes so long. I, I guess because people think that it's too controversial until somebody like Bill Maher says it, maybe. I guess when he comes out and says it, I guess people get the cue that now they're allowed to talk about it. I think people are uncomfortable saying the obvious truth if it seems to disagree with what kind of the boss man says. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this goes back a long time. So, like, I went on social media the, the other day, and I was like, how can normal, like, working-class master craftsmen and upper-middle-class lawyers and so on say this crazy stuff? Like, it's hard to define a man. Are these the craziest things ever said throughout history? And people started responding to me with, like, things that Islam said in its early days or like tenets of the early church or like how many gods there supposedly are in Hinduism. And they were, the comment was, no, people have a natural tendency to be willing to act like they believe crazy stuff. If armed leaders are saying it. And this is actually a point I'd make to the audience. Like, remember that you have that natural facility of logic, like in Western culture where we generally don't believe in the Hindu gods, we have this idea that any intelligent person can be a journalist. You can write a letter to the newspaper. 10,000 people can read it. Anyone can be a jury man. You can judge a professional lawyer, vote him up or down. And that, that same ability is with you every day. So if someone says something crazy, you might not speak out about it in public, but you should be absolutely aware that it's nuts. And I, I think that silent majority refers to the people that are absolutely aware a lot of this stuff is nuts. Like if you defund the police, you'll get an increase in crime. That's another one. Or, like, if you relax the border, you'll get a lot of immigrants, some good guys, some bad guys. That's that's another obvious point. It's just that you're not supposed to notice the obvious point. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like, like if women um, are allowed or, or, or if trans men are allowed to box women or wh- whatever the hell the latest rule is that they just came out with, okay. it's going to be dangerous for women. It's not going to be it's not going to work out well for them. 
Yeah, it's just you have to use, you have to exercise logic. But I mean, again, I don't think this is crazier than what people used to believe. Like, without being crude, I mean, people used to believe that women who had certain types of orgasms were witches. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's just the. It, well, you never know. <laughs> I mean, there's there's obvious jokes there. But, uh, Come on. <laughs> stealing souls. But, but no, like, the, the point, though, is that people have always been able, willing to believe crazy crap. And by the way, that that idea didn't come from male lords. It came from, like, the women's circle, like other women in society that, for whatever reason, were, were angry with these people. But, I mean, humans have a remarkable tendency to believe this crap. Like, oh, the mayor's wife said that. It must be true. Mm-hmm. And you kind of see two forces at work there. Like, one, you have to believe what mostly honorable leaders say to be able to do anything. Like when your master sergeant or your coach is like, okay, you see that big hill, run up it. You have to be able to put aside the facility of logic and be like, okay, sure thing, boss man. But you also have to be able, when you get home, to think about whether that was logical so you can evaluate you know, their performance as a leader for the next time. And you know, this has been one of those periods the past five years or so where we've, we've put that aside for a little bit. And we've, I mean, there's the COVID hysteria. I mean, obviously we lost more than 500,000 people. It's a great tragedy. There are 350 million Americans, however. Hopefully we won't do that again. Um, you know, it looks like we're now being kind of moved into another uh, international war. You know, you're, you're seeing some of, some of the hysterics around that. And in between, you see some of the stuff like the trans thing, police defunding. And every one of these things involves what a psychologist friend of mine, Pat Lockwood, calls a tulip bulb panic where people will just kind of put rationality aside for a while and just say dumb crap, like not one life, not one life over and over again. Trans women are women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, and, and, and then there's a whole group of people that will cheer them on for saying it, even though it's freaking nuts. Dr. Wilfred Riley, always a pleasure. My friend order the book today. Lies. My liberal teacher told me, uh, have a great week and, uh, we'll chat again soon. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour on the Rich Seoli Show. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. A premier full-service resort and conference center. GrandHotelCapeMay.com All right, now, the latest uh, on the U.S. strikes against Iran proxy groups, as we're following all this right now, uh, the U.S. is carrying out uh, strikes. Biden says if you are an American, if you harm an American, we will respond. Biden hasn't actually said anything. We haven't actually had the president of the United States come to the podium or, or say anything. Obviously, if we do, we'll bring that to you. Uh, Mick Mulroy, a former Pentagon official in the Trump administration, said the U.S. strikes appear to be focused on Iranian supply lines running through Iraq and Syria. He said he believed it is unlikely many Iranian soldiers would have been killed because Iran had time to move its personnel out of harm's way because we obviously, they knew it was coming. So keep that in mind here as all of this unplays. And the defense secretary says this is the start of our response and this is going to last perhaps through at least the weekend and maybe longer. From a political perspective, though, it is still mind-blowing to me that they have such a, a, a decomposed individual as, as Joe Biden that the president of the United States of America can't come out and speak to the nation. 
can because this is a great political opportunity for them. You know, say what you want. I mean, being a wartime commander in chief, which has, I think, less bearing now because Americans are not thirsty for war. But if you come out and you say we're doing this right now to prevent a war and you sound forceful and you it could be a great opportunity to boost your poll numbers i'm just saying but they can't have biden do that because biden can't read biden stumbles over his words biden certainly can't take questions that's for sure so it's a friday it's 5 30 there's a lid already on the, on the white house meaning that you're not going to hear there's nothing there's a the lid has been shut you're not going to hear from the president the commander-in-chief of the united states military which is insane it's insane to think about that we are at that place but here we are so what we're getting is we're getting people who are giving us news bits and news news tips but we're not hearing actually from the commander-in-chief of the armed forces who has authorized all of this who's running for re-election think about that in an election year when this is now going into the weekend what is going to last throughout the weekend I, I mean it's possible he may come out at some point and say something during the weekend but as of right now as the start of this, don't expect an Oval Office address. Don't expect the president to come to the podium because it ain't happening. And that's the big story of the day today brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. My dentist, my friend, the master of dental implants. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. Coming up, the latest on this uh, U.S. response and also to the illegal immigration problem in new york city where these illegal immigrants beat up cops they were let go what is the blowback of that going to be and i want to thank our friends at cooper university healthcare south <coughs> excuse me south jersey's leading academic health system they are the best that's where we go as the only family we trust cooper and you should too there's the md anderson cancer center at cooper where they are doing life-saving work on cancer the latest state-of-the-art cancer care there's the cooper neurological institute where they're doing life-saving work on stroke dementia alzheimer's giving people their life back and with more than 75 specialties including advanced surgical care pediatric care, primary care, and yes, Cooper's urgent care, where you're going to see the very same doctors and nurses who are on the front lines at the region's number one level one trauma center for all of your everyday urgent care needs. So reach out to Cooper today. Just go to cooperhealth.org or 1-800-8-COOPER to get an appointment. It's where I had my surgery. It's where baby Reagan was born. And it's where the Zioli family goes for all of our medical care, whatever the issue is, from pediatric to primary and all the specialties in between. Cooper is advanced. It's complete. It's committed. It's compassionate. CooperHealth.org. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. It's Groundhog Day! But thanks to Buxatani Phil, we will have uh, an early spring. Although uh, climate change is affecting his accuracy, according to um, some reports. That's a real thing, believe it or not. It's a real, actual thing. Groundhog Day, Pakistani Phil predicts early spring, but this one post that Johnny Cook retweeted, thank you, uh, Johnny. They actually put the following. Buxatawney Phil did not see his shadow on Groundhog Day, calling for an early spring. Climate change is affecting Phil's accuracy in predicting an early spring or prolonged winter. Meteorologists at the National Weather Service's Climate Prediction Center forecast above average temperatures and potentially warmer conditions, suggesting a winter that hasn't lived up to its name. Yes, what a time to be alive. No doubt about it. Uh, The United States of America is uh, retaliating after three U.S. soldiers killed today. A lot of people, a lot of tributes pouring in for Carl Weathers. And we have a lot to talk about on the political front as well. So we have a long show to go here, but I appreciate you being here. 855-839-1210 and on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in. I do want to mention, though, you know, we were at Parks Casino last night. I had a lot of fun. Last week spent a lot of time on the issue of Texas and the razor wire. That issue's not gone away. In fact, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is now sending the National Guard of Florida down to assist Texas. He uh, was on Fox News Hannity last night. He's going to he's going to actually send his National Guard to go down there and assist Texas on border security. Uh, this is uh, Governor Ron DeSantis from last night, cut one. We were the first. We said, we've sent people continuously since 2021. As soon as Biden reversed policies, as soon as he embraced an open border, we knew this was going to be a big issue. So we've responded to calls from Texas throughout the years. Uh, and then I think with this issue, with this wire and the fortifications, I just wanted to make sure if we could send additional personnel to help Texas put up as much of this wire or barrier as possible to be able to drive those numbers to zero. Well, I'm going to step up and do it. I think they're doing the absolute right thing by standing their ground. They have every right to defend the sovereignty of their state. And yes, we've seen massive numbers of people flooding New York City. We've seen crime, drugs, all that stuff is very significant, but it's also a fundamental issue. A country has borders. If you don't have a border, you are not a country. And Biden has failed at his duty as commander in chief uh, to make sure our laws are faithfully executed. So we have every right as states to band together and do the job that the federal government refuses to do. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, with razor wire comes people that get hurt on razor wire. Now, our buddy Newman Price on Twitter did something very nice for us. He um, he created a testimonial. So last week, of course, we unveiled the new law firm, the non-law firm of Moron and Moron to be able to handle people who encounter razor wire and get injured. 
We're very fortunate to have an actual testimonial now as we continue to serve the country and get people what they are entitled to, which is a large cash settlement. With that said, here is our latest campaign ad. Take a listen. Have you, or someone you know, cut themselves on razor wire doing something they were not supposed to do? Entering a place they were not supposed to be? Trying to escape a place they were supposed to be? If so, call America's largest razor wire injury non-law firm, Moron and Moron, and we can get you a large cash settlement. Here's an actual Moron and Moron non-client giving a fake Moron and Moron testimonial. The other day, I was like trying to break into my local dispensary, but it turns out they had the entire place surrounded with razor wire, like up on the roof and everything, man. And I got totally hurt by trying to break in. So I called Moron and Moron. And these bros, man, they are righteous. They got me a huge cash settlement, man. And now I just spend my days just token on some kind bud and not a care in the world. Thanks, Moron and Moron. So don't wait. Call today. Moron and Moron. And we can get you what you deserve. A large cash settlement. And the justice you deserve for being an absolute moron yeah that's a good one i think that's going to get some clients if i think the phones are going to start ringing today in my opinion <laughs> so a lot of disclaimers in that obviously because odyssey lawyers require it as much now have you done the promo yet for our contest matt DeSantis and henry no not yet well what are you waiting for we got a big canoe trip here i thought we were doing it next week we're going to start on monday yeah and uh you know, Kale and Company, they're giving away a seven-night Disney cruise. <laughs> we are giving away a uh, recreation of the crossing of the Delaware with <laughs> me as George Washington. And also a chance for a candlelit dinner around Camden with Terry Hatcher. Probably not <laughs> Terry Hatcher. And uh, my friend Frank's dinghy. So it's definitely not going to be Terry Hatcher. But nevertheless, we'll probably put a like a like a, a picture of Terry Hatcher in a frame for you. So that contest, I need production. I need product. They have this fancy production for their Disney Cruise thing. I need the. I need the same thing. We're working on it. You'll have it for Monday. You're and I needed to say it's not a national contest. I want people to understand it's going to be a Zioli Show listener who gets that amazing, amazing prize. I, I, I think it'll be pretty clear that this wasn't approved nationally. Yeah, you don't think other markets are going <laughs> to. Follow suit in that? No? Not yeah. so much? I, yeah, I, th- I think the listeners will be able to figure out that this is a Zioli exclusive. Now, uh, Newman Price also put together another um, uh, razor wire idea for us. And I, I like this, too, because, you know, we hear a lot of these commercials all day long when you listen to Talk Radio 1210 WPHD or really any other radio station. And it, it, it type timeshares, you know, the, the timeshare cancellation industry, for example, you hear a lot of that. Um, well, we have another option for you. Uh, take a listen. Hi, I'm not Chuck McDowell. A few years ago, I was asked to cancel some razor wire for the United States government. And in the process, I formed what's now called the razor wire cancellation industry. Razor wire is the only thing you never know how much you're going to pay for and how much you're going to need. If you have a problem with razor wire, give me a call today and I'll help you out. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. 
So thank you, Newman Price. We have a lot, you know, there's a lot to, to add as we go on here because we're not going to give up getting people the justice that they deserve from moron and moron. Uh, Carl Weathers obviously passed away and... There's a Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore tweeted out a little bit of him singing from the movie. I forgot this when he played the piano. But since it's Friday and since it's Groundhog Day, and we're all sad that Carl Weathers passed us passed away, um, let's take a listen. We've only just begun to live white lace and promises. Yeah, it's very nice, very sweet, absolutely. And of course, we are monitoring right now the uh, the, the strikes against Iran proxy groups. We're not going to have much to say on this for a while, and obviously, we're not going to hear from the commander in chief on this. Don't expect that anytime soon. Um, but it's probably going to last throughout the weekend. I, if you missed it, Dr. Victoria Coates was on. She answered a lot of great questions. Uh, it was excellent. She broke broke it down for us, and obviously, that will be podcast for you. If you missed it, you'll be able to hear and get the full the full details on that. And and then we also have our on-the-ground Middle East correspondent. Well, the podcast is already up. Let's tweet that out, Matt, if we could. Uh, let's tweet out Dr. Victoria Coates in case anyone missed it now. And we also have our Middle East correspondent on the ground in Turkey uh, who is monitoring the situation for us. She's reporting in, and this is the latest from her. I think they're blowing it up. Yeah, so thank you to <laughs> Mama Zioli for uh, being on the ground for us in, in Turkey. We, it was amazing we were able to get her there so quickly, quite frankly. You know what I mean? <laughs> given the budget that the show has. so, And I just want to say for the record that I am on Team Larry David. I'm glad he punched Elmo in the face. I'm happy he did that. And I think he speaks for all of us by punching Elmo in the face. So the other day, Elmo tweeted out uh, something stupid like, uh, you know, how's it checking in and everybody? And Biden tweeted out, tweet, re- retweeted it, and Biden said something, and people made a joke about it's one puppet talking to another puppet. And so on the uh, on the Today Show... Comedian Larry David, he was scheduled to appear yesterday morning for the Today Show on NBC, but he actually crashed the, the set a bit early. He shocked the host when he burst onto the scene and, and he punched Elmo. And, I, and, and this is after Elmo posted about emotional well-being. And this is what happened. Cut number nine. Right, let's go over to Alfred. Check of the weather. Oh, and not yet. Not wait, yet. wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 oh. Oh my gosh, we love Elmo, don't you? Oh my God. Mr. Larry, Elmo loved you before. Ask permission, ask permission before you touch people, Larry. Let's get back on the couch and let's talk about how you feel. Mm -mm -mm. They would have canceled the show, Elmo. Larry Larry David apologized. Uh, He apologized for for knocking out out Elmo. Uh, Take a listen. And look at look at the camera and please and from your give heart a, give him a camera from, shot. from where from yeah, your heart exactly. no, okay right. go ahead we're ready what, what organ are you talking about yeah, just, from your heart okay go ahead say you're sorry Elmo Larry I, I just want to apologize thank you Larry that's okay. very Elmo, big of you Elmo accepts your apology Larry thank okay. you what, what right. and Louis will you drop the lawsuit Elmo oh, accepts it, it, your apology I wish he hadn't apologized. I think Elmo deserved it. I think he had it coming. Well, he, he went on Seth Meyers, I think, later that night and said, I'd do it again. So <laughs> Good. Good. In my in my opinion, it's what it's what it's what was needed. It's what America needed was Elmo to get punched in the face. 
punch no. a four-year-old in the face? No, Elmo's not a four-year-old. Why, well, yeah, his design. He is technically four years old. Well, he's technically a forty-year-old in a in a in a in a costume. It's true. So, spoiler, but true. You know, <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> it's real to some. Well, most people have problems. They're called mentally ill. I thought they were called children. <laughs> uh, oh, Sid, thank you, by the way, for uh, reposting. It was a it was a picture of uh, me on a canoe leading the Zioli Army across the Delaware in a recreation of Washington's crossing of the Delaware. So we do have some artwork we can use. Of course, we have to change some of the faces as, um, you know, the show has evolved. But nevertheless, we do have something to work with, thanks to Sid. So thank you for that, Sid. It was good to see you and Sarah last night at Parks Casino. White House is saying three facilities have been hit in Iraq and four in Syria. We do know that there was a Iran knew this was coming. This wasn't a surprise. And that was done deliberately. We're also being told this is going to last for several days. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm amazed at the fact that we don't have any actual knowledge because we, we're not hearing from the White House, the president of the United States. We're not hearing from anybody. So everything we're getting right now, we're getting from news reports and from tweets and things like this. The United States is saying that the U.S. response will not end tonight. So this is going to be going on <clears throat> for quite some time. And we'll see what Iran does, if anything, if they do retaliate or not. We'll find out. But I also, I don't want to spend the rest of the show on this because I, I got to talk about South Carolina. I got to talk about the politics. I got to talk about immigration. I got to talk about all those things with you. And I need to make sure that I, I get all those things in there before it's too late because we are almost to the weekend and it's been a crazy, crazy week. And like I said, it feels like Groundhog Day every single day of our lives. It feels like Groundhog Day as we talk about politics. But, oh, but I, I would be remiss if I did not mention, you know, whenever Dr. Wilford Riley comes on, I, I love talking to him because he, he he talks about the woke cancel culture and everything like this. Um, Jordan Peterson, who's going to come to Philadelphia soon, we're going to try to get him on the show. He's he's fantastic. Cal Thomas, who's a great conservative writer, wrote a wonderful piece in the New York Post about this: how Jordan Peterson is doomed to be a victim of woke culture. And I don't have time to get into all of it right now. We've talked about Jordan Peterson Peterson a lot, but th- this is where we are right now. Is he's put out statements that the government doesn't like and now the government is canceling him because they don't like what he said and this is this is the point of what i was saying yesterday with regards to letting the government start monitoring speech on social media because canada has instituted this idea of of hate speech and arguing that if you are somebody like jordan peterson who's a psychologist and you you tweet out opinions that the the college or the state deems to be unbecoming of you because they argue it's bullying you'll lose your license your clinical license very similar to what they want to do by shutting people down if they disagree with the intelligentsia. And I want to remind you of that point because it's important to note. I also want to remind you that the TSA is uh, getting ready for another another uh, security theater absurdity. This is now that the, the TSA is rolling out controversial facial recognition technology at more than 400 airports. All right, so that's coming. As the border is wide open, as we have now, what, 300,000 people a month on average coming into the United States of America? When you, as an American citizen, go to the airport, you will have to be subject to facial recognition technology at the airports, okay? So I want you to know that because the security theater is not going to end. The kicker is the TSA estimates that it's going to take until 2040 to fully roll this technology out. 
But it's going to be a long time. They say that your face, your biometric data, none of that info is going to be collected. Let's also remember that the TSA was letting close to 80% of weapons, drugs, and explosives through, which also is another reason why, in my opinion, the TSA is the absolute worst. It is the, it is the epitome, in my opinion, of government ineptitude. No question about it. And the other thing I wanted to mention to you uh, before we go to the break on the show is that Joe Biden apparently believes that Donald Trump is one sick F. He apparently is telling people in private that Trump is, is, a, is a sick F. This is the president of the United States saying this right now. He's described Trump to longtime friends and close allies as a sick F who delights in others' misfortunes, according to three unnamed people who've heard Biden use the phrase. Apparently, Biden also said that Donald Trump was an F and A hole. And Biden is, uh, don't forget, remember, he called Peter Ducey a stupid SOB during a hot mic moment. And Biden also said uh, a lot of other things. He's known for saying things like, you know, gee, damn it, how the F do you know this? Don't F and BS me, get the F out of here. So Biden has a temper. And, you know, the guy that everybody thought was going to reunite the country and bring everybody together from his basement, who's going to be a big, you know, big, nice guy and a sweet guy, that guy. Um, is a is a pretty foul mouthed dude who says mean things about the people he doesn't like. But of course, he also sticks his Justice Department on them. So nothing should surprise you. Nothing at all. And lastly, before we go to break, um, actually, I'll do this when we get back. Uh, there's a lot of outrage over what happened in New York City with the migrants. I'm going to talk about that. The illegal immigrants who are now out the wild, somewhere out there in the wild. We don't exactly know where. Uh, Dr. Mike Venary is a great dentist, a great friend of the show, a master of dental implants, and we are so happy uh, of all the great smiles he's given people. Because look, you deserve a great smile. A smile is something that can change your life. Your smile is everything. People look to your smile, and you deserve a great one, so why not go to my guy, Dr. Mike, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I VenariaDental.com. When it comes to complicated dental work, there's no one better than Dr. Mike Venaria. With two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, let Dr. Mike and his amazing team give you the smile you deserve. Pediatric general cosmetic dentistry, pain-free root canal treatment if needed, it's all there for you. But where he really shines is the complicated dental implants. There's no one better. And if you've had an estimate for complicated dental implants or any other complicated dental work, please go see Dr. Mike for a second opinion. It's crucial that you do. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com, my friend, my dentist, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 